Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women burning out in mission-driven work. Starting with season two, we're going to spend time talking with three types of guests, women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who serve them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations, in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. Welcome. I'm here today with Tanya Elfersey, who is an award-winning author and transformative coach. She specializes in women's health, and she has co-authored an award-winning book on motherhood and spent years researching and writing about what causes and what can relieve the emotional and physical symptoms associated with perimenopause and menopause. From her own experience in curing her symptoms and from witnessing innate health return to her clients, Tanya believes that healing occurs when we relax into the intelligence found within each of our bodies. Tanya is also a coach with a UK-based company called A Little Peace of Mind, where she helps people reach freedom from anxiety, panic attacks, and stress. And the Little Peace of Mind podcast is definitely one to check out also because that's where I first heard Tanya and I thought, I have got to interview her. And this is actually the second time we've done an interview. Um, so Tanya is back uh, to talk on the Simply Health Coaching podcast. And we're going to start with the old question, Tanya, what's new and good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's new and good in this very exceptional year, 2020, is really how I have uh, taken this opportunity um, to expand my understanding of how deep innate health uh, lies within each of us. And, um, and that means the way that I see it is if we understand that innate health is, with, is within us and that health is created from the inside out, then what does that mean about what we're seeing or we're being told about the pandemic. I come very much from an understanding of the body encompasses a divine intelligence. So it doesn't matter what, what stage of life we're at, that divine intelligence remains. And what this pandemic has brought to the forefront is, well, is there a boundary of that divine intelligence? And if we are surrounded by uh, viruses and bacteria and fungi and actually on that microbial level there is no distinction or difference between me and the outside world I'm one with that does my divine intelligence which is the universal divine intelligence does it have a boundary does it stop when it meets a specific virus of the trillions of viruses 
um, that's around me. And so that's what I've been exploring and 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 really um, deepening my knowledge of health and saying that there are no boundaries. And we cannot say, oh, intelligence stops at a certain level. And just as I talk about within my work with um, women at midlife and perimenopause and menopause, when we often think, oh, well, it must be my hormones that are playing up. And then, oh, that must mean that my hormones aren't intelligent or my body's malfunctioning. And I've seen for a long time, that's just not true because it's impossible to say, oh, you know, there is a divine intelligence in my body, but my hormones are, you know, somehow play outside of that, right? And, and so it is when we come with what we term as viruses or meeting bacteria or things like that. And so that's that's been um, an exciting journey for me, even in, you know, the, the, the health crisis that we face, um, but really expanding my knowledge and deepening my understanding and being able to bring that as well to my clients. I love that so much because I've been thinking very much on the physical level about, uh, you know, gut health and what's coming in through our skin and what's coming in through our nose and our mouth. And you're just taking it to a completely different level and talking about like the divine intelligence is, is, you know, there, there is no barrier. It's not like there's a skin between that intelligence and whatever is out there. And that is just such a fun thing to be exploring. Ooh, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see what comes of all this. <laughs> so um, Tanya, I shared with you and uh, I've shared with my listeners that my podcast is taking a little shift and I will be going forward interviewing women telling their story of burnout. I will be interviewing people who are practitioners who support such women and also talking to um, individuals and organizations that are thinking of innovative ways to support women in burnout going forward. And I love it because you actually fit into two of those categories. So to start off, <laughs> tell us your story of burnout. Right. Well, this is um, a little while back um, when I was, it was before I became a mum. And, um, and I was working in tech. And um, I had a great time while I was working in tech in that I got to travel over the world and learn a lot and you know, it was exciting for that time in my life, in my early 30s, etc. But with time, <laughs> you begin to realize that perhaps, you know, 12 hours a day, no boundaries, uh, conference calls in the middle of the night when you're working internationally, like it's not such a great thing. And, um, and certainly when I became uh, pregnant with my first child, still working in, in um, this sort of high stress job, uh, I began to realize that it really didn't, it really didn't fit in. And, uh, you know, the things didn't fit together. Being, first of all, uh, experiencing uh, quite a lot of morning sickness when you're trying to, you know, hide it from the world and having to deal with that in a very male-dominated tech company. And, um, and, and then moving through pregnancy and um, just being, you know, forced really, you know, to keep on working the same amount of hours and putting in the same amount of input. And, um, and there were a few things that I remember quite distinctly. I remember sort of being eight months pregnant and no one had asked me, well, you know, what are your plans or, um, you know, how, how are things going to work out with you, you know, once you become a mom and, 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 you know, could we, you know, make an arrangement? Like, what would you like? Like, no one had asked me that whatsoever. Um, and I just remember sitting there, I was having my annual review with my boss and, and, and another one. And, um, and both of them were fathers 
and they look you know they looked at me and I, I couldn't even fit you know I could barely fit in between you know the table and the, and the chair <laughs> and they said to me so we just want you to know that when you come back um you 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 will be traveling more to California and more to Taiwan and I was like oh oh okay that's so interesting because they're like, yeah, because you've been right. You really do need to, you know, meet a lot more of the customers, et cetera, et cetera. So just, you know, plan that, that you'll be more on the plane to Taiwan and more to California. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> or so not. You could think, well, I like, could think, well, maybe they really didn't want you to come back. And that was, but the thing is that before, you know, I did go off on my maternity leave, they were throwing so much work at me that. Um, I started to, to develop all these sort of symptoms that come with stress when you're pregnant. Mm. And, and I actually had to go into my boss and say, do you see this? Do you see this big thing here in front of me? This means I'm going to have a baby and it's soon and we've got a replacement and you need to calm down and stop throwing work at me as if, you know, I, I have no replacement. I do have a replacement and everything's going to be fine, but I can't keep up with the work. You you know, I'm getting sick from it. And he was like, oh, OK, OK. And still, you know, no one wanted to discuss the, you know, what would happen afterwards. It was just considered, oh, you'll take your, you know, three months or whatever, and then you'll just come back and you'll get on a plane, you'll fly to Taiwan or fly to California. And <laughs> And I just, you know, had a suspicion that that was just not going to happen. And, you know, I, you can't really know how you're going to feel when you're going to become a mum because that leap is so, so huge. Yeah. But I just really already knew, well, this isn't going to work out. There's no way I'm going to be in a job with no boundaries and, um, and be flying, you know, all over the world and have a little baby. It's just not going to work out. So that was, it was good because I was already feeling the burnout a little bit before getting to that stage. And then that just, you know, exaggerated it to the extreme. And then realizing that no one cared about this really important time in my life cycle, you know, at all. There was no conversation, nothing. So that's it. I took my maternity leave and I never went back. Oh, that's an amazing story. And it also, it's, it's so interesting that you reached that point and had that understanding way before a lot of women get there. Um, I, the women I work with, predominantly over 40, who are also your, your audience, really, I think a lot of them manage to avoid burnout until, you know, until they have the kids and the job and the this and the that. And so it's given you such a different perspective on, first of all, sort of reclaiming your agency, which is something I think that really happens at midlife too. Um, and, and, you know, just saying, nope, boundary right there, which is something we are not very good at, particularly after we have children, you know, it's like everybody comes at you with requests and you're just like, yes, yes, yes. And no boundaries are being drawn and you just really burn out. So it's fascinating to me that you actually had all that knowledge and all that experience before you even got into working with women in their 40s. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they say your mess becomes your message, right? right. <laughs> yeah, so you had some really good experience to work on there. So yeah. tell us what it is you're doing now and how you came to do it, because you left the tech world, had children, and? I left the tech world, had children, was a stay-at-home mom for about six years. And then when my, uh, I had my three kids, you know, with two-year gaps in between, um, and so, uh, when my youngest was about to go into, 
you know, framework of sort of nursery school for, for uh, two-year-olds. I don't know how you say that in the States. I know that you have a different words. Preschool, but, um, yeah. Preschool, right. Day so for, when was, yeah. yeah, when she was about two. Um, so uh, I started thinking, well, you know, I want to see how I'm going to get back into some kind of working life, um, being, you know, not working only as a mum. And, um, and I had an idea um, for a book um, on, on motherhood, on the experience of motherhood, because I did see so many women around me struggling with this leap into motherhood, with this change. And especially, you know, women who we came with our careers and, and, and you know, all these roles in our jobs, etc. And then you come into motherhood, which is just messy. And, you know, you can't, you can't plan. No doubt about and it. It's messy you're, diaper you're, number one. <laughs> right. And then you're like, oh, another thing cancelled and this isn't going to plan. And you really, you know, you can't think you can control it like you would, you know, your your to-do list or whatever. And and seeing, you know, that, that struggle developing and, and really at the time, um, this was back in like 2010, um, seeing that it wasn't really that much spoken about, the, the, the woman's experience. So that was another thing that I was noticing that women were really happy talking about, you know, getting all excited about, you know, sleeping techniques or, or you know, or, or baby food and et cetera, and really ignoring, well, what about their experience? Like how had their experience of motherhood uh, impacted their identity? impacted their relationship with work, impacted their relationships, um, impacted their expectations from themselves and life. And, and so that was really the focus of the, of the book. Um, so I co-authored it with a friend and then I went and I self-published it. Um, I'd been working in marketing uh, in tech. And so I thought, oh, self-publishing, you know, I could, I could do that. I created collateral and, and things. And, and so I went on a whole self-publishing journey and the book won awards and that was wonderful. And then I came to market it and things were very different in marketing from what I had seen in tech because there was social media and blogs and everything. And, um, and so that was a whole journey of uh, discovery. And so I did that for a while. And while doing that and, and getting frustrated with, you know, sales and, and things, you know, in the book world. And uh, if anyone wants to speak to me about self-publishing, you know, <laughs> you, you, know you and I could write a book about that. <laughs> right, and everyone who self-published the book, you know, and actually printed it, you know, now print on demand is so much easier. It and sold it. <laughs> right. So anyway, and I started um, in my uh, early 40s getting all these symptoms. And I just thought, well, I just thought I was falling apart. You know, it was just that I couldn't understand um, I had my kids when they, you know, started going to nursery school and et cetera, they used to have all these, you know, what's called viruses, what we call viruses or whatever. And, and I was just immune to everything. And all of a sudden I started uh, getting sick. And so that was sort of a, uh, sort of a red flag for me. So um, I tried, I, so that was the first thing I'd experienced, like, you know, just getting sick a lot. And then I was getting um, migraines. And then I was realizing that I was really, um experiencing a lot of mood changes and then I was having skin problems and then I was having candida and like a whole number of things were coming together and it took me a few years of you know going to an acupuncturist and trying to take a herb and trying to do this and trying all different things to um to then hear on a webinar uh, by Dr Christian Northrop actually um she said um she said oh a lot of women in their 40s experience what can be called uh, PMS on steroids. Yes. I was like, PMS on steroids, you know, that really does sound a 
familiar. That sounds exactly what I'm experiencing all the yes. time. And then I was tracking my symptoms and realizing, huh, I seem to have like two, two states of health. One from, you know, menstruation to ovulation and then from ovulation to menstruation again. That's the crazy time. Those are the crazy two weeks. So what is going on? So then um, that was really, you know, the first time I'd heard about perimenopause and, you know, this period of change that happens before menopause. And I started speaking to all my friends about it and like no one had heard about it. And yet everyone was experiencing symptoms. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that, you know, we think menopause is this, you know, this sure. one moment in time yeah like exactly. everything stops <laughs> yeah everything stops at 51 huh isn't that interesting even though when we were teenagers that took time yeah. and yeah pregnancy takes time but we think oh menopause just happens like that yeah um and of course it doesn't and it takes we go through a journey of years of change and so that took me on a journey um exploring more and trying to understand well what you know what the, what creates these symptoms and and how can we cure them and and then i did manage to uh, witness all my symptoms go away from the inside out uh, without needing something on the outside yeah, without divine intelligence again exactly um, yeah. when you just you know create the conditions for healing healing happens and and I thought well this is amazing because I haven't heard of this before and I thought it was a fluke at first I was like, waiting okay maybe next month you know they'll come back but it, you know it continued <laughs> And the symptoms stayed away. And, and so I started sharing what happened to me and uh, created an online course and uh, started uh, mentoring women. And then I uh, became a coach and started coaching women and, um, and that grew. And so today I uh, really support women as they journey through midlife change in perimenopause and menopause, postmenopause, however you want to cut up this uh, one thing that used to be <laughs> called menopause yeah. um, and, and help women uh, reach relief for their symptoms yeah. and never fear people we are going to put links to all of that good stuff into the show notes because um tanya's blog is one that you must not miss she writes brilliant pieces on her blog about this stage of life and if you if you start there you'll never stop following her <laughs> i'm just glad i can share yeah. you know i have this opportunity to share and and I often say, you know, I do all the research that women in midlife don't need to. So yes. I do spend a lot of time researching and, and discovering all the myths that that have been thrown around society that keep women uh, disempowered, really, from this really important time in our life. Um, yeah, yeah. it's funny. I always say like, the universe never, never makes mistakes. And, and it was so funny because earlier this week I went on a walk with um, a friend of mine and we were talking about perimenopause and it immediately I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing Tanya on Thursday. And um, it's so interesting because of course the, you know, this idea came up that, you know, perimenopause is sort of the bookend to our fertile years, just like puberty. And like you said, you know, in puberty, we know that it takes a few years and you're going to have some symptoms for a few years if you're unlucky, you know, or if you're not taking care of your inner wisdom. Um, but nobody really questions it. But then we get to the other end and people are like, you're broken, your hormones aren't working. It's like, no, 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 they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. But the funny part of the conversation was that she said, I've been spending a lot of time with toddlers, like with preschoolers and two-year-olds and realizing how maybe it's actually the bookend to that. Because on the other side, once we hit menopause, it really is like those boundaries. And it's like a toddler saying, nope not happening. My body, my decision. You know? And that's really, it's sort of like a period where we are individuating 
back out of like, this is all about us. And now it's more, okay, now it's my turn. Now it's about me. And I heard somebody talk about it as like from we to me and that stage being very much like that. And, and it just, it was funny because, you know, I've always thought about it the way we've talked about it before, which is like puberty, perimenopause, but it's like, oh, maybe it's like preschooler perimenopause (laughs) or maybe the preschooler is the (laughs) postmenopause. Right. Well, it's, you know, I, I often point to the wisdom of the design because when we are at an age that we can bring children to the world and if we were caught up in our own journeys uh, deeply, we might not have the capacity to care for children. So I'm not saying that women have to be the primary carer, but because that capacity has to be there, you know, that channel has to be open. Yeah. And so, but when we move beyond our childbearing needs, then then we can open up other channels. And so it really is part of the design um, for a great reason, because if we connect to our passions, connect to our uh, true selves and, and explore that and really live in the joy of that, that's gonna keep us healthy in the decades to come. So, you know, so often in society, people talk about, oh, for midlife, you know, disease is inevitable, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not true. That is not true. And it hasn't been true through history. Um, But, you know, something happens at midlife. And if we don't pay attention to what our body wants us to hear, which is gonna switch us into the direction of health, then discomfort that we feel at midlife may develop into disease but it doesn't have to but i think you know it's this great design that's supposed to wake us up from what maybe we've done in our 20s we've done in our 30s and we could just about get away with it like you know i could just about get away with you know crazy hours of working etc etc until i became pregnant and then my body was like oh no we're not having this (laughs) i'm sending sending you symptoms and you're going to start suffering unless you know you slow down because it was interested in protecting my health and protecting my baby's health and it is at midlife the body's saying oh, if you're going to be carrying around that amount of stress with you, like that's going to start deteriorating health. So I am going to send you symptoms right now to wake you up so you can understand where innate health lies. And that will get you set for a healthy journey beyond menopause. So it's all brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. It really is. There are just like, there are no mistakes. (laughs) And it's funny. It reminds me of of Chrissy and Northoke's comment that like, if you have PMS symptoms, uh, probably you're not paying attention to your body because if you were paying attention, you would take better care of it. Not just in general, but like that one week where you just feel like crap, you really are going to take care of yourself, you know? And she's like, yeah, so that happens all the time. And if you ignore it, when you get to perimenopause, it's like a two by four to the head, you know, like you haven't been paying attention to me whack (laughs) yeah yeah so talk a little bit about what you see with uh women in in midlife and and burnout what is your experience of working with women like that yeah i what i see so often is a sense of women coming to midlife and holding on to a story that they think their life should look like this right? Or they think they should achieve that, or they think they should be working this way or earning this amount of money and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And, and it's so interesting that we ignore what our body's trying to tell us, which is, hey, you can actually live in joy. 
no story needed, right? This is the purpose of life, to hang out more in joy. Now, it doesn't mean all of life is going to be joyful. It doesn't mean, you know, 100% of the time. It doesn't mean we need to, like, make get up in the morning and say, what is going to bring me joy? That's not the approach. But the, the state of mind where you can live in joy from the things you do is allowed. Yes, yes. And so many women go, no, but I, I really need to be working, like, you know, just like I used to be, and I really need to be making this amount of money and that amount of money, and I can't let go, and I used to be the breadwinner, and I'm not, and I need to juggle, I need to be, you know, with the, 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 the motherhood commitments and the career commitments, or, or not the motherhood commitments, and I'm going to bash myself over in the head because I never had children, and I should have had children, mm. you know, whatever it is, we bring our story, like, you know, in our heavy backpack, to midlife and if then we insist on holding on to it instead of stepping into what could be joyous for me where are my passions where is my you know true what truly lights me up yeah. then we are going to start feeling the discomfort because our body doesn't want us to hang out in that place mm -hmm. and so so often we burn ourselves out through this overcommitment through this story of ourselves that we think we need to live up to. And I was there too, right? When I was selling my book and not succeeding, like, you know, I pulled some number out of a hand. So, oh, I need to sell this number of books. And then if I don't, I'm a failure, right? It's like so that like, income story, right? Everybody's like, I gotta make six figures. Like, really, why? <laughs> right, right. I just thought I had to sell that number of books. And if I didn't, I was a failure. Yeah. And so then I would just be like, literally peddling on empty, peddling on empty, because everything is done with stress mm -hmm. and coming not from flow, uh, but coming from, oh, I need to, you know, this person's just told me I need to do that. This person's just told me I need to do that. And so I need to, you know, you know cook it all up and then and then I've got motherhood going on and I, I really need to you know take care of that and I and I you know and I'm my partner you know my husband and, and it's just like oh, yeah. all these yeah. things to to juggle up and in and that creates the overload and that's what I was experiencing and so much of, of it comes down to I'm not enough yes right I'm not enough because I'm not succeeding to be the perfect wife to be the perfect uh, mother, to be the perfect career woman, to juggle it all, uh, to have the perfect body, to go to my exercise classes like I think I should, to you know do the perfect, to wear the perfect clothes, whatever it is, right? Juggling all that, putting all that pressure on, telling ourselves that story, and hopefully, midlife, we'll sort it out. <laughs> because if we don't medicate away midlife, then we're going to learn those lessons because we don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, you know, our bodies are going to keep on knocking, sending us messages because it's the only way the body knows how to communicate until we say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to drop that story about what I should be doing, about how much I should be earning, about that I'm not allowed to enjoy, for example, painting, playing the piano, doing my garden, you know, because I feel that's a waste of time. You know, I speak yes. to so many women who, who are in that, like, I just feel I'm not allowed to paint because I can't make money from it. Well, does it bring you joy? Because that's number one, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, if we listen to our wisdom, we're not going to be guided to, you know, throw away all our money, have nothing to feed, you know, if we've got kids, nothing left to feed our kids, uh, have someone take away our home. You know, that's not the way wisdom shows up. But if we listen to those whispers of, you know, it's it's actually okay to paint because if that's your passion, live in that 
yeah. right? Yeah. Or it's okay to tend to your garden, or it's okay to spend some hours in the day just reading a book or, yeah. you know, meditating if that's what you're called to do, whatever it is, without that feeling of, no, I shouldn't. I love that you picked up on that, brought that into the conversation, because I always say that there are two words that immediately let me know that someone is living outside their inner wisdom, which is one is should, because that means you're taking in externals. And the second one is I used to, because that's comparing mm -hmm. yourself to what you used to be. It's not comparing yourself to other people, but it is still a form of comparison. And it's like, I used to do this. I used to be able to do this. Why can't I do it anymore? It's like, nope, stop right there. <laughs> so I love that. You know, it's just such a great way to bring it back to this, this whole idea of inner wisdom, because that, you know, where, where is your soul calling you to go? Like, where is it asking you to step into that you're not paying attention? Right, right. Yeah. And that's so interesting you bring up used to because Western culture likes to consider midlife as some non non-event right apart from the the crazy blown up midlife crisis which is yeah. a cultural invention yeah right and, and it's and a misunderstanding it's really not a thing but then once you go through it you're not worth anything right right <laughs> like, right right if this is not a thing then why am i suddenly worthless in the eyes of this culture <laughs> right right so you know apart from midlife crisis that you know something happens to us at midlife and when we misunderstand it it can become a crisis right but actually, we are supposed to change. And we physically and mentally and emotionally change. But all of the culture wants us to not change, right? It's like, don't, don't change the way you look. You know, I could literally go and buy the same clothes as my teenage daughters and it would be considered fine. And, you know, maybe that is fine. I'm not saying that's wrong or anything like that. But it's like, well, um, Am I not going to change at any point? Am I going to keep on pretending that, you know, I am in my 20s or I'm in my 30s? And, and this is what culture wants us to do. You know, don't don't let your hair, you know, change color. Okay. Don't change. <laughs> right. Don't change your clothes. Don't, you know, keep looking young. Keep, you know, working it out in the gym. And you hear these people go, oh, you've got to sweat out because when you get to midlife, like that, that weight comes on you and you've got to sweat it out. This is like, well, actually, if women all over the world put on a little bit of weight at midlife, there may be something in that that's intelligent. There may be something that it's part of the body's design. But no, like we get told, no, you just have to work even harder yeah. to get the weight off. Otherwise, it's not going to come off. Yeah. And so once we understand, for example, like in, in Japanese, their word for menopause is konenki, which is sort of something about like a, a shift in energy and seasons. And they understand that they come to midlife and they go through change. How different is that from the West, which is like menopause and you need to medicate yourself. Otherwise it's downhill from now on and it's probably downhill from now on. So, you know, the, the, unex, you know, the, un, the inability for us to accept that we are gonna change, it's part of the design and to really step into that and say, oh, you know what? I am moving to management level. I am seeing the bigger picture. I'm giving myself an emotion. <laughs> right. I am actually bringing more wisdom to the table than I could in my 20s and 30s. So that means that I'm moving to a different role in society. But to, to say, no, I'm just going to keep on as if yeah. I'm in my 30s and 20s. It's not really what society needs. Society needs us to step into the wiser woman. 
which is you know yes, the name which of my is business the name of your so, website yes <laughs> right because it's so important that is bubbling to the surface that's what i tell women yeah. you know, at midlife that is what is bubbling to the surface the why surface the wiser woman in each one of yeah. us and that and she wants to be found and she wants to be heard and she's needed in society yes you know our wisdom because we've been around and we've done stuff and you know if we've raised our kids we've raised our kids if we've had our career we've had a career and we and if we've done both and we've done both wherever we've been we have that accumulated knowledge and now we actually our brains even start working differently to allow us yeah. to yeah. see the bigger picture and bring that as a gift to society but oh. we need to embrace it in order yeah. to be able to offer it that's beautiful. And I think that's just like a perfect place to end because we just mentioned your website, thewiserwoman.com. So tell us, tell us where else we can find you, how we can connect with you. Yeah. So thewiserwoman.com, great place to start. Yeah. And make sure there's a the there. It's thewiserwoman. Thewiserwoman.com. Yeah. And um, my blog has lots of uh, resources and um, uh, about lots of topics that may yeah. be of interest to women in midlife. And then you can find me on Facebook and you can reach out to me there and you can look for The Wiser Woman on Facebook or my name, Tanya Bercy. So those are really the, the places where, where I hang out. And um, yes, and on my website, you can find an online course, which is uh, you know, a three-week course that supports women through midlife change and helps them relieve their symptoms. And also I offer coaching there as well. So uh, there are a number of avenues all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, Tanya. And it's thank always you. so fun to catch up with you and see what you're up to and see your beautiful face again. It's lovely <laughs> to connect to. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor as well as through some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.